this morning's scripture reading is from the book of 1 Peter, and uh, we'll be reading verses 1 through 11, and I I should not have sat you, but you had a brief respite, so please stand again for the reading of God's word, you get a little uh, quad work out there. 1 Peter, Peter 5, 1 through 11. It's in your order of worship for you, too, if you're so inclined. So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising <coughs> oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another, For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time He may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on Him, because He cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith. Known the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, We come before you now in the name of Jesus, by the leading of Spirit, and ask for your grace and mercy. May you open open our eyes and our hearts and our ears to your word, that we might be doers of your word. Speak to us, we pray, and lead us. Help us in our time of need. And we ask this in Jesus' name, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Yes. Yes, God bless you, children and teacher. So this morning, uh, I got word yesterday at, I checked my email at 4, and I saw that um, Joel couldn't make it. So uh, we are told in Scripture to be ready in season and out of season. So um, I reckon it's season. It's uh, sermon season. Good morning, Nick. Good to see you. So this morning I thought it, it fitting that um, I give a little exhortation on what kind of shepherd we should call. What kind of pastor we need, actually. We need. Uh, sometimes what we want is not what we need. Uh, and uh, those of you who have children or who uh, just are paying attention in life realize that happens a lot. We actually what we want is not really what we need. It's not actually what even good for us at times. So, uh, nevertheless, this morning's exhortation will be about uh, what kind of pastor we would seek. And so, uh, I began with this scripture out of 
First uh, Peter, I want to read another scripture here from Ephesians. Uh, Paul's letter to the Ephesians. We heard from uh, Peter, the Apostle Peter, and now we'll hear a bit from Paul about uh, the purpose of elders, purpose of teachers, uh, purpose of pastors. And it's from Ephesians 4, verses 11 and 12. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, and then 13, until we all attained the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with it, which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So the purpose of our pastor is to shepherd us. So we want to, you know, Lord willing, choose a pastor who's going to shepherd our souls, whose goal is that we mature. Uh, I, I was mentioning this morning, I, uh, uh, Paul Tripp had posted uh, something really good this morning on uh, Instagram. Not that I recommend reading social media, being on the socials first thing in the morning, but um, gratefully it, it was uh, the first thing I said. And um, he, he, he was talking about uh, God's goal in our lives is not for us to have comfort but it's it's for us to be transformed so God is since the day we became a Christian he's transforming us moment by moment and if we're honest with each other it's not really a comfortable task but yet in hindsight we can be grateful for every difficult thing God has gotten us through God has brought us through. He uses that to transform us uh, more and more to be like Christ, to uh, die more and more to sin, and to put on righteousness more and more. And so, as we seek a pastor, as we call a pastor, uh, I would I would uh, ask you to keep that in mind. Uh, uh, I don't know if you've been paying attention to uh, kind of the climate uh, in. Uh, American Christianity, but we're seeing a lot of uh, pastors fall. And, and they're not falling in the past like we've seen them falling for you know, sexual temptation, sin, but this is, this is actually, uh, they're falling uh, for being abusive, uh, for being power hungry, for, for, uh, for uh, lording their authority over people, for making their agenda the agenda in, in their in their particular churches, their particular denominations, and and, and we see actually uh, from the scriptures that that is not at all what a pastor is to be like. Um, we see that in in this passage in Peter. Um, first of all, what's what, what's uh, interesting about this passage, and I've talked about this before, but uh, uh, it's always. You know, we always need to be reminded and go over things. I, I can't tell you how many times 
I've read scripture and then you reread it and you see something fresh and new and it was there the whole time but all of a sudden it, it just pops up boom uh, so so uh, nevertheless I'll, I'll, I'll bring this up again he says um, so I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ as well as a partaker in the glory that is to be revealed so Paul uh, excuse me Peter here is talking to them and he calls the elders his fellow elder. He doesn't pull the apostle card. He doesn't pull the I'm the bishop of Rome card, I'm the pope, but he says I'm your fellow elder. He he exhorts them as equals. And so one of the uh, uh, I think one of the good things about our Presbyterian polity meaning the, the way we do church government and, and there's many ways you can do it and the body of Christ disagrees over this uh, and, and there's many beautiful Christians, wonderful believers who disagree but what I do appreciate about our Presbyterian polity for those who like alliteration is that we have a view that elders are equal that um, the pastor is not the CEO he's a teaching elder but there are we call it a session, a board of elders who are equals and they have equal vote and equal power. Now, the problem is, is that, as John mentioned to me this morning, the pastor usually has the microphone in the pulpit, and so he usually has a little more sway. And typically you want to call a man who has some kind of vision for the church, so you are going to follow him in that regard. But at the same time, when push comes to shove, he, he's an equal. He's an equal uh, in God's eyes and in our eyes. And we've seen that, uh, uh, sadly, uh, people have abused this power and have used it for personal gain and, and personal agendas where, uh, you know, what's good for you is not good for me. You know, uh, I'm thinking of one, one case that uh, there's a very popular podcast about right now. And, and this pastor uh, took a trip to Europe and made everyone stay in Spartan accommodations cheap you know uh, like glorified hostels in Europe while he lived in he, he, him and his family were at a resort I mean you know stuff like that where uh, that's, that's an abuse of power for sure uh, e even though you know maybe he's a renowned pastor but that that, uh, that does that does not look good in the world's eyes and nor God's eyes and the world is very quick to call it that kind of hypocrisy so we do want a pastor who would be humble and who would understand uh, his place and we understand his place as well because we are told to submit to the elders but at the same time recognizing we submit to the elders as we submit to Christ. It's, it, it, it's not this, um, uh, you know, this false authority. It's an authority given by God but it's also they're, they're to be humble uh, shepherd leaders. And so he says in verse 2, Shepherd the thought, flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. So a pastor is supposed to be an example to the flock in word and deed. They really are. Uh, James warns in his, his, his book, uh, 
not many of you should seek to be teachers because you you, you are judged. Uh, you are responsible for uh, you're accountable to God for your life. So we want to we want a pastor who's going to be a good example, uh, good example in their marriage and how they raise their kids, how they treat their wife, how they treat other people. They're to have a good reputation. Um, if we look at the uh, qualifications for an elder, uh, there's two places there, uh, that they are found, and that's uh, in Paul's letter to Titus, um, Titus 1, verse 5. This is why I left you in Crete, so that you might put what remained in order and appoint elders in every town as I directed. If anyone is above reproach, the husband of one wife, and his children are believers and not open to the charge of debauchery or insubordination. For an overseer, as God's steward, must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy for gain, but, but hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught, so that it may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. This qualification is for elders, and a pastor is an elder. He's a, in our tradition, we call him a teaching elder. In our tradition, we have teaching elders and ruling elders. Um, Carl and I uh, are both ordained ruling elders. Um, we make that distinction because um, uh, particular men... Um, may be gifted more in teaching and preaching and shepherding the, uh, shepherding the flock with special gifts for pastoring. And so we call those teaching elders. And, and our denomination requires that, uh, that uh, they uh, go to school uh, for the ministry. And there are exceptions, but uh, like, you know, those are exceptional exceptions, uh, some men. Uh, but uh, nevertheless, uh, the qualifications are for both. They go for the ruling elder and the teaching elder. Now, those qualifications are pretty daunting. As I read that, I'm thinking, whoa, who can do that, really? And in and of ourselves, we can't. But yet, God has called us, and the Spirit prompts us, and He enables us. Um, and a pastor is supposed to be humble. He's gifted, and, and we rec- the, the congregation recognizes those gifts in Him, and yet he has used those gifts to build up the congregation. Not to build up his own reputation, his own fame, his own book contracts, his own glory, his own speaking circuit. Which a pastor may get those because of those gifts, but you pray for that kind of pastor that they would stay humble and they would not be destroyed. And that's why there's the exhortation uh, to not put a neophyte in positions of authority. Uh, we're told that a new believer can't handle that because they fall into the temptation of the devil. And, and we see that. Uh, this one particular uh, podcast that I've talked about, uh, it was noted that he was, he was very young when he, when he got a lot of pastoral power, when he got a lot of fame and notoriety. And, and that appears to be his downfall. It went to his head. It went to his head. He's even quoted as saying, I am the brand. 
I am the brand. Okay, John Fogarty said that. John Fogarty was a singer of Creed's Clearwater Revival, and you know, he actually was the brand, right? But in the Church of God, you are not the brand. Jesus is the brand, my man, right? <laughs> it's like uh, in that same podcast series, I heard uh, there was a uh, one, one someone was being interviewed, and they were talking to. Uh, they were mentioning an encounter with Tim Keller, and he introduced himself as uh, what did he say? He, he had somebody who was social... The guy was like the, the one who pioneered this whole social media phenomenon of, of posting on the blog. And and, uh, and uh, he said something like, I'm the director of, of the movement or something like that, you know, like of this social media platform. And, and uh, no, he goes, he goes, I'm the director of the resurgence. And Kim, Tim Keller said to him, my friend, there is no director of the resurgence. Meaning that like... Revival does not come from a man. It comes from the Spirit. It comes from the power of God. It was, it was actually really humbling and it was funny and sorry I butchered it. But nevertheless, the point is, is that God runs a show. God runs a show. We don't want a pastor who's going to get too big for his britches. And, so, uh, and we're warned against that here. The examples of the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Um, man, you know, sometimes I actually don't love technology. Maybe, maybe there it is. Okay. Um, so, so, elders are to collectively lead, feed, and protect the flock of God. Um, pastors. One of their roles is protecting the flock of God, too. So they must know the Word of God. And, and, I mean, it's very apparent in this day and age. I mean, I don't, you know, uh, this is like a huge time of social upheaval that we're living in, that we are witnesses to, like like unprecedented, you know, paradigm changing um, in, in, in uh, our lifetimes. You know, worse than the 60s, I would say. Uh, which I think was were awful, really. You know, I think of the damage that happened to, uh, you know, uh, my wife's family. Horrible. You know, there's nothing cool about, like, uh, the drug movement, the hippie movement in that regard. Destroyed lives. You know, literally. And, and uh, this is worse. Because uh, at least you knew what male and female were then. There was no confusion. This is This is trouble. This is an attack on the Word of God. And we need a pastor who's going to stand for that. And, and, and uh, I, I don't want to... Um, we don't want a pastor who's hateful in that regard. We, we do need... Because, I mean, people who are struggling with gender issues and, and uh, their sexuality, and, and, and that's real pain. That's re- we, can, we should never be flippant or, or mean about it. Or, or, you know, I, I have to repent because, you know, just growing up here in Southern California, surfer, our culture, we, you know, we're not very nice. And so we made a lot of jokes about things that, you know, really, it does hurt people's feelings. And, and yeah, you know, I, I kid with my kids, like, I'll say, you know, like, we're fans of SpongeBob. 
and uh, there's a character on there, Mr. Krabs, and his, he, you know, he's a crusty old crab man. He's grouchy. <laughs> and like, there's a scene where like, uh, Squidward, one of the characters, is crying <laughs> by a grave, and the grave says, my dreams. Like he's crying about his dreams. And Mr. Krabs looks over and goes, what a baby. You know, just like, you know, sometimes uh, we, people are being babies, but this, you can't do that. Like, like that's not loving. Jesus doesn't do us. Doesn't. Jesus is gentle and kind, and will, and will meet us where we are and help us. So I mean, you know, uh, forgive my my rambling on here, but it, when you're when we're trying to uh, love people, making fun of them or hurting their feelings, that doesn't that doesn't help us gain ground doesn't help us gain ground. And I say that as like, you know, probably one of the most, I come from a super sarcastic background. Just, um, that's how we survived, my peer group, was insulting each other. And I've had to repent of that. Quick-tongued. I was quick-tongued with my friends. And and that's why, you know, like I don't get insulted very easily because like it's, is that all you got? <laughs> it's like if if you knew the truth. Way better. Yeah, it's like, but but seriously, I'm. We should do that, and and you know, that. you know that, right? You know that. Um, we're to. A pastor is supposed to equip the saints for the work of ministry, and 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 the reason why is to build up the body of Christ. The goal is love, to build up people in love. And that's the pastor's job, is to build us up. Live by example, teach us the Word, because it's the Word of God to transform us. The goal is not comfort, it's transforming our souls. That's what we want. And it's like uh, Alita's prayer. Like, yeah, the, yeah, like, uh, the desire for the Word. I, I don't know if you've experienced that, where like you've been away and then you're reading the Word and like, oh, this is good. Yeah, this is good. Or like, you know, you, you, you go on kicks and you read, uh, you know, you go through like the New Testament or certain books of the Bible and you hang out there for a while and then you go back and you read like the Judges, which is a mess. But you're like, oh, I miss this. Like, yeah, this is the word. You know, or the Psalms, or the Kings, you read about David, or the, you know, Isaiah. It's like, that's how we grow. That's how we grow. TED Talks can be good. But unless it's the Word of God, you know, it's, 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 it's like, it's like the, uh, what Paul says, you know, physical exercise profits little. It does profit, right? You should, you, you're more alert, you feel better, you know, you can breathe, you're not worried, like, how oh, am I dying? You know, uh, but, but real profit is in the Word of God, knowing the Word of God, because that's, that's our ultimate goal, is to be transformed, and that's how we're transformed. Um, when I say things like that, oh, I'm gonna die. Like that's, I mean, that's because like I feel that way. You know, like I go to the doctor and I'm like, oh, you mean I'm not dying? He goes, not yet. <laughs> I go, do you have any chest pains? I say all the time. I shouldn't joke. I mean, that's a serious thing. But I realize that there's many causes of chest pain, and anxiety is one of them. One of the major uh, anxiety is one of the major. Uh, mimickers of every ailment there is 
you know, it can make you feel like everything, um, especially if you read the internet. Uh, so, pastors are to lead the flock by example, um, feed the flock, uh, required to teach, protect the flock, um, and they te- they protect the flock from enemies without and within. False doctrines deadly. It, it literally, it really is. Uh, sometimes we, in our desire to be loving and, and kind, we tolerate things we shouldn't tolerate. And I say that as a father, you know, uh, because you love your kids. I mean, you definitely have to choose your battles, right? But uh, you know, we have to be careful what we tolerate. You know, um, it's tough. It's a tough call. And, and so uh, we need a pastor that helps us in that regard, in that regard. Um, and uh, this task is actually too great for one person. And that's why in our tradition we have, we have multiple elders. Elders to help the pastor in the task of she- shepherding the flock. Because um, a pastor who's studying the word and preaching the word and meeting with people and praying for people, they're not going to have time to do it for every single person. They need help. And we see that in the Bible, right? Think of Moses, right? When he was leading the Israelites. He didn't have enough time to judge all the people, all their needs. And so uh, his father-in-law, Jethro, right? Good old Jethro of uh, Beverly Hillbillies fame. Uh, not really, it's Jethro Clampett, right? But Jethro, in the Old Testament, told him, he appoint elders to help you. And he did. So we see the tradition goes way back. And it continues all the way through the New Testament of leaders, uh, elders leading, and being equipped by the Holy Spirit. It's a supernatural gifting, which... which should not be confused. Uh, there's people in a secular vocations that are gifted for their task. But just because someone is a very good uh, businessman, uh, very intuitive maybe, uh, does not necessarily, that doesn't always, the gift doesn't always transfer into the kingdom of God. Okay, Business is about profit, right? Bottom line. That's not the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, the least matter. Right in business, you, you you know, sunk cost. You cut it. You forget about it. Right. You see all these memes about cutting people off. Oh, get those people out of your life. This and that. These negative people. You don't need them. You know, that's not the kingdom of God. The least matter. A, 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 a smoking flax, a bruised weed, reed. He will not break. Um, people. Everyone's important to Jesus in the kingdom of God. The least. The least of those. And so uh, we want a pastor that, that, that's sensitive to that, who has time for everyone. Uh, you know, uh, who, who won't go, oh, they're not in my demographic. I'm not going to pay attention to that family. Like, it's hard, right? Um, we, from time to time, we get people that, you know, that, that need help. And, and that's a gift to be patient with them. And uh, so we want to see that in the pastor. Um, uh, 
So some things to consider this week as we pray about what to do in the future uh, for Res OC. And with that, uh, let's close in a word of prayer. Our Father and our God, we thank you for your goodness to us. And we thank you most of all for Jesus, uh, the great shepherd, our true shepherd. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you have not left us alone. You have given us your spirit. And you have also given us gifts in pastors and teachers and elders and those who serve your body and serve you. So now may you be glorified uh, in and through us and glorified here at Rezo C. May you raise us up for your glory. 